Hi there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to a impromptu episode of the Jedi Council podcast. Um, today, it's me, your host, um, Mr. Whatever they want to call me, even though I disagree, because, of course, my opinions are always valid and truthful. And my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Mr. Contrary. Oh, did you have to use that word? I, 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 did. I, I, did. I, I thought I'll be contrary. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm not going to ask how you are. I'm cutting straight to the chase. We weren't going to be recording tonight. Um, Dave, it's just you and I. Uh, I've reached out to you because, let's be honest, I thought, who's definitely doing nothing on a Friday night? Dave. Oh! Oh, oh, oh. oh right. Thank <laughs> you for that one, Ali. Gloves off. Gloves off. Um, but um, in all seriousness, we have both watched episode one and two of Kenobi today and Dave what did you think I loved it I enjoyed it it was nostalgiaful it felt it felt like Star Wars um yeah I I enjoyed it that my 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 first thought of it I enjoyed it and I don't know if I'm being contrary or not, because I've seen some people like it, some people don't like it. I've seen two versions of this. People either gave it a 9 or 10 out of 10, or gave it a 2 or 3 out of 10. doesn't seem like there's much middle ground on this already. I am yet to be convinced, to put it politely. Um, I'm not sure I share your enthusiasm right now, but I will grant you, it did feel like Star Wars. Um, I thought from the off, it took us somewhere I didn't expect, uh, straight into Order 66. Um, what, what were some of the scenes that you really liked? I'm sure we're going to it in depth for the rest of the team at some point. But what were your standout moments of the first two episodes? I liked the amount of aliens in it. Oh, yes, I agree. It's, it's nice to get that feel again. And, and I think... And I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight into this one. It's something that was lacking in the sequel trilogy. Yep. There there were not enough aliens. Um. So it, that I think that immediately because when you when you think of what we saw in the original trilogy, we were immediately thrust into this idea of all alien cultures and and different alien species interacting and 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 what have you. And I felt that this had that really well, which is it's something that was also within the Mandalorian, which I've really enjoyed. It's it's the proper immersion into this idea that you're in an alien galaxy with lots of cohabiting aliens, basically. Um, so that that really worked for me. Um, and I really liked the almost broken Kenobi that we saw in it. The fact that he perceive he's haunted by his failure. And he's he's haunted by the fact that in his own head I think he thinks he's destroyed the Jedi. Yeah. Because he went against the Jedi orders to to train Anakin. Um and I, I actually really like that. And I think Ewan McGregor as an actor, 
I like him. Um, I don't know. I don't know about other people. I don't. I don't know how people. Other people rate him, but I've seen a few movies and of a load of different genres. I liked him in The Island. I liked him in Moulin Rouge, which is completely different. I liked him in the Winnie the Pooh. I can't remember what that was called. Christopher Robin. Brilliant. Film. Christopher Robin. I liked him in Miss Potter, um, where he was the the editor bloke from the book company that Miss Potter almost married. Um, so I actually I do like him as an actor, and I thought he brought a decent level of of gravity to the role. Uh, I agree. I thought uh, and. Uh, I really wanted to quiz you about this because I thought he was excellent. Like I, I felt like he just slipped that character back on. And in some ways I thought he'd actually improved it. I thought the cadence in his voice was closer to Alec Guinness than it was previously. Um, You could see some of the slowing down and I kind of thought he did that really, really well. Um, It, it it could have been twenty years ago, apart from the fact he'd aged. It it, it was it was seamless yeah. the transition into into the character, and I just thought that was that was really 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 good. Um, it's I think it, he's, he's I agree he's a wonderful actor by the way, and I think he he's such a star that he he could probably carry this on himself. Um, but I think it is great that he's got characters. Now some of the other characters involved in it. I thought were bold choices that they've gone for. Um, I'm talking about a certain princess, and and seeing is that the first time we've seen Alderaan like that? Uh, How do you think we've seen it before, like that? Mm, I've seen pictures of it, stills of it, like um, concepts art for it. But we've, I don't think, no, we've never seen it on screen because it, it, was, gone. it was never in the prequels. No. And it was destroyed at the beginning of the originals. Yeah. So it was never, never then seen after that. No. I really liked it. I did think it had almost too much of an Earth-like quality to it. Um, and some of the language used, I thought, was a little bit too contemporary and modern in some respects. Like, um, I think someone called everyone a bottom feeder. Like, it's a yes. huge Americanism, that one. Um, yes. Which is absolutely fine, but I don't think it has any place in Star Wars. Um, but it was, it was, I, I thought, I thought it was really good to see a new planet in a different way and kind of, you know, the fact she's a princess, but he's a mm. senator. But it seemed to be some sort of hereditary rule because she would join the junior senate and go to university. I found that yeah. really interesting. I was kind of like, what political system do you have here? That she's a princess of a senator. But then we've we've seen previously when you have a look at Amidala, yeah. she was a voted for queen. That's true. So she carried the title queen, which we always perceive to be an hereditary role, but she was voted for. So she was elected politician's head of state. But does that make Bela Organa a king? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was, it was something I was wondered, and I find that kind of interesting. I, I just find that kind of. I, well, I suppose the, the the terms that we use uh, here now in in our real world, and so they're almost trying to create rather than trying to create a brand new title for the daughter of a senator that might be hereditary ruler of a planet type of thing. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. It could have a different meaning, a different concept there. Yeah. The, the, the senator is the person who represents them, is their voice in the Senate, which is the part of the, the greater republic. And yeah. it could be that over thousands of years, that role has become hereditary for a family. And so the senator is the leader of the planet. But... Yes, but what I'm gonna get sidetracked here. Sorry, I don't mean to. But wasn't when Padme was the queen, wasn't Palpatine the senator? Yes. Yes. But then different planet. Different planet. Different planet. Yeah, you you yeah, because that was Naboo and this is Alderaan. So you you, you've potentially got different planets who've evolved different Mm. customs and, and different ways of doing things. Yeah. No that that's very true. Uh Inquisitors. What did you think about them? Mixed opinion on them, to be fair. Can I start uh, with, you know well, how you said you liked the aliens and the way they looked earlier? Yes. What did you think of the way the Inquisitors looked? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. The Grand Inquisitor still rubs me up the wrong way. Right. Um, so, so, so I'm one of the voices that have said he doesn't look like he should do, to which you've then got people saying, well, we've only seen the Grand Inquisitor in cartoons, in Rebels, so you get stylization, and so he was stylized to look like that. I'm prepared to accept that as a concept, except he is of the, or the, the character in Rebels was classed as a Poan, which is the same race that was the banking clan, um, or is it Muns? One, one, one of the, but it was the same type of alien as the banking clan that we saw in um, Revenge Phantom of the Menace. Sith. That's what, weren't they? Well, the, the Re- Revenge of the Sith, at the very, at, at the, in the one where Obi-Wan Kenobi lands on the planet to face yeah. Rebus. And he's, he's confronted. Yes. Um, and it's a case of you must help us. Um, and so he's meant to be that type of alien and they've got long heads and we've already seen what they look like on screen so the argument that this Inquisitor is the same in Grand Inquisitor is the same Grand Inquisitor and potentially they've just changed the way he looks because they're not going to go for the stylized look from an animation that's wrong if, if he is meant to be the same Grand Inquisitor and so Either, and this, okay, massive, okay, I think we're doing loads of spoilers on this one, but here we go. So the fact that he gets stabbed at the end of it, does that mean he's not the same Grand Inquisitor? I think he is, and I'll tell you why I think that. Two reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we know Lucasfilm does not like continuity these days, um, we have seen, um, oh, what's her name, Shenick? The, the person who got 
robots put into her stomach to live. Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand. So we've seen that. And also, I think in Rebels, the Grand Inquisitor had more yellow eyes than on this one. Mm-hmm. And we saw in, again, episode three, yeah, we saw how Anakin's eyes turned yellow as he turned more to the dark side of the Force. Yes. And I'm wondering if he gets kept alive by something between the hate in the Force that Maul had and some sort of technological aid. Because I expect to see him in the rest of the series. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's on IMDb that he is. Um, so I expect him to survive this. Right. But it's still odd. There's a yeah, plot. He doesn't, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he, for me, he doesn't. I could be wrong. He might not. Far away. He could be dead. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he's too far away from what he's meant to look like if he is the Grand Inquisitor. Um, Even one of the brothers, I think the makeup wasn't very convincing for me. William commented on that, so I, I've watched it twice now, and the second time I watched it with, with I watched it first time this morning um, before I'd, I'd, I'd worked, and then I watched it again this after this evening with the boys. Um, and William commented on the fact that his face looked, he's, he's, yeah, he didn't look quite right. And again, I suppose your argument there is, well, it was an animation and this is an animation and we've never seen him outside of animation. So I'll give them, um, benefit of the doubt on that one. So he's, he, I think he was, is he fifth brother? Is he? Yeah. You're much more generous than me, Dave. I would prefer to take the George <laughs> Lucas approach to this, which is if you can't make it happen, don't include don't it. Don't do it. Yes. Don't do it. You know, there's there's yeah. reasons why things happen in the prequels and not in the originals was because the technology didn't exist. Yes. If you can't do it, don't do it. And and I think there's a little bit too much that going on. Other highlights. But they could have done it. That's the thing. They could. That's have done true. It. That's true. That is true. When you can when you can CGI um, a young Luke Skywalker onto the face of another person or a young. Um, um, Carrie Fisher onto yeah. the face of um, or a young or a, yeah yeah when Ooh. you can do that then there's no excuse yeah no I agree I do I do agree what else did you enjoy though before we get to my <sighs> I, I love the fact that they brought back the original characters so you've got the original Lars Owen yeah I say original, obviously it's not the original, because the original was a guy who was probably been dead for the last 25, 30 years now. But you've got the guy that played him um, in, in the, the prequel movie. Yeah. And I love the fact you've got Jimmy Smits in it. Um, again, Jimmy Smits is an actor I really like. Um, so I'm glad that they, they brought him back for the consistency within the prequels. This feels more like a continuation of the prequels as opposed to a prelude to the originals, if that makes sense. Yeah. What did you think of the old 501st Clone Trooper? I love that. I couldn't work out if it was Morrison or not. It was. Was it? it Yeah, yeah, it was him. But I love the fact that, because for for a second, I thought, is it Rex? I thought, no, it can't be. Well, did you not think that he might have recognised Obi-Wan? If he was in the 501st. Yes. I found that a little bit hard because he doesn't look that different, Obi-Wan. 
No, he doesn't. And I thought there's no way he couldn't have recognised him as General Kenobi. He he might never have served with him. Because the the 501st was more Anakin's. Yeah. Rather than... Because Cody was was Obi-Wan's. Yeah. But he, but they, but they served together so much in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but you had, yeah, yeah, but you had, um, millions of clones. I can't imagine they weren't, if they joined that particular troop, that they weren't told who the leaders were. Yeah, well, they might have been, yeah. I might, it's hard to they imagine. They could have chosen. They could have chosen a different color helmet. I agree with that. Uh, I liked it, but I thought that was yeah. a weird bit. I really yeah, liked the I liked interaction. It. I liked seeing one get old. I liked seeing yeah. an old clone. Didn't like yeah. it was obviously desolate and poor. But I, I kind of. I, this is my problem with this. Every time I think of something I kind of like, there's something where I think I don't like this about this. But I well, I like the idea that he is destitute. It sounds awful that that I like that idea. But, but do you I like, like it because yeah. that that almost shows the Empire's disregard for the clones. Yep. I just don't see how he doesn't know who Kenobi is. I've not considered that, but when you mention it, see, this is this is one of the reasons I don't like talking to you about Star Wars sometimes, Ali, because you will actually point things out that when I then put my rational brain on rather than my Star Wars fanboy brain. I go, oh, yeah, that's a good point, though. It's very rare, though. I do admit that most of the time it's just nonsense. I do know that. I think one of my... Okay, I'm going to start with my little gripes for this one. Um, my probably biggest one of it is that it shouldn't be on Disney+, Plus. in my view. It should be in the cinema. It's too I big a character, and it's on too big a scale to be yes. on smaller TV budgets, which even with the... Um, with the improvements in technology and the back screens and everything like that, there were elements and scenes where I kind of just thought this is not cinema quality that it should be for this. When the shuttle was landing on Alderaan, I thought that. Yeah. It didn't feel quite as smooth as it could have been. Yeah. I'm I'm with you 100% on that. I, I, this should have been a movie. This should have been in the cinema. And this... Is Kathleen Kennedy bottling it over Solo, which didn't fail because the fans didn't enjoy it, which didn't fail because the fans didn't want that movie, which didn't fail because it was a poor movie. It failed because of mismanagement by Lucasfilm of its launch under Kathleen Kennedy's and coming too quickly and too soon after the abortion that was The Last Jedi. There you go. The abortion or abomination? I think it was an abortion, to be fair. It I came out dead. It came <laughs> out dead. <laughs> you wanted rid of it, did you? <laughs> I love that. Um, I, it could be either, really. Um, I agree with you. I, I just, I don't, I know why it's there. And we discussed it on a previous podcast. I'm more and more of the view that I wish Star Wars wasn't on Disney Plus and was in the cinema and it was a big event. Um, but I know I'm in the minority in that one. But I do think on this occasion, I think having Ewan McGregor, who has been on the big screen in yeah. proper trilogy films, um, 
and then seeing the transition, I felt it laid bare a bit more on the different budgets you were dealing with between the two properties. Um, it's a lack of lack of confidence by Lucasfilm. Yeah. Well, she've got other, um, you know, they, they held, you know, they, they, Doctor Strange, for example, they, they held it back for a couple of years during the pandemic, so it got a proper launch. The same thing with the new Top Gun film, they held that back by a couple of years, but they had confidence that it was cinema properties. Yeah. I, I cannot Bond. imagine, can you imagine them putting Tony Stark's Iron Man on Disney Plus? Yeah. But yeah. they've done that with Star Wars and one of the biggest characters. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, 100%. This this was a cinema movie, and it should be a cinema movie. And Disney's film, uh, Disney Disney film, Lucasfilm has bottled it, and they've 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 not given they've they've shown their lack of confidence in their own product. And let's go for plot holes. Like they might not be plot holes, by the way. I do I do understand that for some people these won't be plot holes. But they are for me. Let's talk about, first of all, Leia being such a huge character in it. I knew she was in it. I didn't expect her to be this key. What did you think about that, first of all? I I deliberately avoided any of the spoilers for this because I wanted to go into it. And I've done that with all the Star Wars stuff, to be fair. I've tended to watch the very first trailer that's, that's come out. And then after that, I deliberately try and avoid anything to do with it because I, I, I want to be blown away and I want to be mesmerised and I want to be able to immerse myself in a brand new story. Um, it's quite childlike you know, in a lot of ways. But um, bless me. Um, so I, it was a surprise. I didn't know she was going to be in it. Right. I didn't okay. think that Jimmy Smith would be in it. That just felt right but I didn't expect to see a young Leia. So that was a surprise for me. And when you saw her, which wasn't actually her, being dressed by handmaidens at the very beginning, I thought, oh. Yes. I I was pleasantly surprised that Leia is in this. And did you like the character that it was showing? I am on the fence with her. Towards the end of the second episode, I liked her more than I did at the beginning, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. It does. I, she, I... she felt too young. I'm not certain that she was a 10-year-old. I don't know why. It it felt... Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. There was this odd, very mature character, very bossy, but at the same time, incredibly childish. And I felt um, one of the one of the problems for me was is that I felt tonally it was quite kiddish at certain points, you know, where she was being chased through the woods and avoiding adults. And then it just it just it it didn't. I know you said it felt like in the Star Wars universe first, but that didn't feel like Star Wars to me. That, that, that felt to like me Disney. more Disney. That felt yeah, like a Disney yeah. children's program to me. Did Disney make Spy Kids? Yeah, uh, no, they. I think it was Fox, so it is now Disney, but wasn't at the time. Right, right, yeah. um, um, but that, that felt for me a little bit of um, Spy Kids. Yep. With with a little kid who 
let's face it, we saw her run up to the tree to climb the tree. She doesn't run very fast. No. But she was managing to outrun two adults who yeah. were almost comedy chasing her. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Tripping over tr- tree stumps, running into a branch that was at chest height. God's sake. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy that. I, didn't, I must admit, uh, that just fell off and just Disney kids for me. I, I know. I know. Before before anybody says anything, Disney uh, Star Wars is for children. I fully agree with that. Children should enjoy Star Wars, and it should be to Star Wars should be for all ages. But that just felt dumbed down preschool children. Yeah. I'm I'm going to disagree with you on that one, by the way, just so you know. I, I don't think this one is or should be aimed at children because we were all younger when Kenobi. Kenobi's our character. I get it when it comes to a Kylo Ren or someone like that or um, a Rey because that's the next generation's character. But this is our generation's character. True. Or Or by this generation, I mean... My generation, which I'm including you in, by the way, Dave, and the well, next, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. and the next well, one up as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the original fans and the pre and the prequel fans. Yeah, because yeah, both. This, he was in both. Yeah. He was in both. Yes. So exactly. I think he, he should be aimed at us. Yeah. I don't yeah, think this, this, yeah, this 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 is the this this show has been aimed at the people who loved. Star Wars before it became Disney. Yeah, that's how I see it. Um, yeah. I could be wrong, but that's how I see it. And with Leia, um, I I think I've said this before on the podcast. My starting point now with any Star Wars is is if it makes or questions the original trilogy, I'm instantly very hesitant to liking it. Um, now, I have a slight issue with the way that she's going on a huge adventure with Obi-Wan and it appears that well they definitely know each other very well um, I'm sure by the time this series ends Um, and uh, there's a bit of subversion going on here in that I've always thought that uh, Obi-Wan was sent to um, look after monitor watch Luke and it turns out uh, Leia is the one in the TV show Um, I, I, I kind of find that an unnecessary change um, um well just just to address that so for for me his mission and he says it he's there for the boy he's there to make sure that luke remains safe now as far as he's concerned at this point in time there was a jedi on the planet with him that jedi has now been found by the inquisitors and has been executed by the inquisitors and so the Inquisitors are no longer interested in this planet because they've, they've got the Jedi they were hunting on the planet. So as far as he is now aware, the Inquisitors have no interest in Tatooine again unless someone gives them a reason to have an interest in Tatooine. So to all intents and purposes, Luke is relatively safe now, whereas Leia is in immediate danger. So I can understand sort of how he could be talked into leaving Luke for a short period of time if he thinks it's just going to be a short period of time and in his head he's thinking all I've got to do is go and 
can get get the girl back from a bunch of um, hillbilly um, mercenaries, thugs. He's not expecting an inquisitorial trap. Do you not think, though, he's a little bit too close to Last Jedi Luke? You know, in that he, he says himself he's not used the Force for ten years. He's hidden his lightsaber away. He's given it all up. They lost. They lost. We've yeah. got enough of one of these. I mean, it's, it's very can, similar. It's yeah, very yeah. similar to Luke. I, well, yes. And I, I, and, I, I, and I find I, it hard that they've done that with him as well as Luke. I. The thing is, with Obi-Wan, I see it as more genuine right i i i can understand that you see that's the thing i could never understand about um luke because mm. the the luke that we saw throughout the 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 original trilogy was a luke who was a hundred percent upbeat who yeah. was a hundred percent i will be there for my friends i will be there for my family i will sacrifice everything yeah. for the people that matter yeah. uh, the idealistic and i appreciate that over 40 years the idealistic nature can fade and wane and, and what have you but then if you look at the obi-wan obi-wan even within the prequel trilogy when we first saw him as a padawan then when we saw him as a jedi knight then we saw when we saw him as a jedi master he was always slightly dour. Mm, he was yeah, always but... slightly glass half full at times, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I no, it does. Understand. It's a fair point. Yeah. So I could understand he would come out of what happened with the Clone Wars, and at the end of the Clone Wars, his brother, and he refers to him as his brother, is dead, as far as he's concerned. His entire family and everything that he's known has been destroyed. Yeah. Can, can we go back? All right, I, I do want, I do have another thing on Leia, but I want to address that yeah. point as well. Because I struggle with that one as well. And, and I have ever since. Um, and I know other podcasts have spoken about this as well. But if, if we go back to episode three, and we've got Yoda and Obi-Wan um, looking through the Jedi archives... And you clearly see Palpatine go through the ritual with him and say, rise, Lord Vader. Everyone's seen all this, right? Yeah. So we're expected then to believe in the 10 years since he had that fight that the name Darth Vader has not appeared anywhere near Tatooine. Because if it had, he knows he's alive. Yes, he would know. And I just don't believe that's possible but then okay. yeah but then that's, that's He's literally the, the number two yeah. of the entire yeah. empire and we're expected to believe and it's clear that he was out and about and in bars and in towns he wasn't yeah. just i mean when he was just in a cave or in a hut and doing nothing i could believe that I can't believe that. I, I just, I just he, he's part, yeah, he's part of the Tatooine economy, isn't it? So I just don't see how that's possible, and or at no point, unless like it, it seems that he knew who the Inquisitors were. Okay, well, who leads the Inquisitors? 
Yes. Who trained the Inquisitors? Like, yes. It's, it's just, for me, I, I can't, I, I, I get why people will say I'm wrong and, and they will say get past that, they're in my problem. I just, I just can't see it. I don't see how that can be a shock to him. I can agree with you on that 100%. It, it surprised me at the very end that he didn't know that Vader was still alive. Because he did know the name and he did know who Vader was. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been shocked by the revelation that Vader is alive. So he knew who Vader was. And as far as he was concerned, Darth Vader was dead. In 10 years, the iron fist, the cruelty, the legend that would have become Darth Vader would have spread across the galaxy. And on yeah. that, yes. two, two, yeah. two, two more layer plot points then. Um, cool. and, and again, this is, this is purely, I, I, I could be wrong, I admit that from the start, but the message in A No Hope... Uh, Obi-Wan, you served my father in the Clone Wars, seems to be the only interaction. And I guess you wouldn't necessarily say, and the time you saved my life, because that might be giving away a bit too much of the personal relationship to Darth Vader. I admit that. I do admit that. But it never felt to me like it was an immensely personal relationship in the original trilogy, of which it is now, because of what's happened here. I'm, I do have, because we, we did discuss this one briefly, um, before we actually go on to the call. Yeah. I, for in, in my own little head canon, I have got an ex- explanation for that. She asks him who he is, and he says he is Ben. He doesn't introduce himself as Kenobi. He doesn't introduce himself as Obi-Wan. He introduces himself as Ben. And if all she hears from him is that he is Ben and he is a Jedi, yeah. then she doesn't know he is Obi-Wan. So when she is then sent by her father yeah. to go and recruit the famous je- the, the famous general, and she refers to him as General yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't necessarily equate General Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ben, this Jedi bloke who saved her life. Okay. I'll accept that, but can we come back in two, three, four episodes to that. When she knows he's Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Yes, I'll be, I'm prepared to... to which yes. there is no way that that is not going to happen. Well, I'm hoping Because that even when she turns around to her dad and says, who was that really, Dad? Who is that Jedi? That is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <sighs> or, you know, next time they get into a battle and someone shouts Obi-Wan at him. Actually, didn't didn't they shout it at him when they were fighting? Well, she's a 10-year-old kid running for a life. That's true. That's true. That's true. But did you see what I mean? I I, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And the other thing is, is that Leia now suddenly... I don't know how she gets to be the princess that we see. Well, I guess at the end of Rogue One, stroke the beginning of um, of A New Hope, in that we... The Inquisitors, who are now chasing down Kenobi and know he's alive, unless they think he's dead by the end of this, um, which they might do, I guess. I hadn't considered that. But unless they think that that has happened, they now know that she is incredibly close to a Jedi. 
Yes. They literally say, we've seen how close your father was to a Jedi. And yet, at no point, do they wonder... Let's hmm. just keep tabs on Bail Organa. Yeah, not the daughter who the Jedi has come out for. Yeah. And that's going to get... I mean, we'll have to see what happens. It's going to get really complicated and messy, Dave. Because unless Obi-Wan drops her off at the beginning of the next episode, what happens... Here's something for you. What happens if she's around when he faces Vader? In reality, she'd probably die, to be honest. Her dad... I mean, I think there is some gymnastics going to happen with these plot lines to get away with some of this stuff. Or to make it a proper coherent story. Um, But that's my headcanon. Other people, and I fully accept this, will not have these problems, will not think too deeply about them and say, oh, it's just Mr. Contrary being contrary. And I, I, I can see that as a point of view. But for me, all the things that we've just spoken about there, comes back to what I keep saying about Star Wars is there is a severe lack of care with Star Wars at the minute. And I and I say I said to you earlier, Dave, I said to you now, they either don't know what they have or they don't know what to do with it. Because I, I would schedule's agree with a mess. It keeps jumping around all over the place. Yeah. It keeps changing. They announce new properties all the time without actually finishing the ones that they said they were going to start three or four years ago. Such, such as the High Republic. So the High Republic yeah. seems to have been a, completely abandoned. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, I, I honestly feel like the continuity and everything, there's just not enough care taken with it. And it is, as Alex and I discussed, um, when we went to Disneyland and Disney World, still the biggest property in Disney, apart from probably Mickey. But, you know, it's, it's the biggest thing Disney have. And, and you can tell by the advertising they've put into this series, which has been a heck of a lot, that they know this is going to get subscribers on Disney+. Plus. That's why it's there and not in the cinema. They think they can make more money out of it there. Um, but I, 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 I feel like sometimes they take us for fools. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in a, long, in a, a lot of that. I do agree that... Whoever currently is managing continuity within Star Wars doesn't understand Star Wars, and I don't. And I don't know if that is. It was. It was. It was Pablo Hidalgo for a while, wasn't it? It was. It was. And I and I know that he would shout out because he he was quite proud of his role, and he was quite proud of how much of a Star Wars fan he was, and he was quite arrogant about how much of a Star Wars fan he was. Um, and I don't know if he still has a handle on this um, or whether it's gone to a wider steering group where there's a committee deciding what happens, in which case there's no one person who understands it all and drives it. You've got the Filoni-verse, which we have discussed previously. And I have no issue with the Filoni-verse, to be fair. I like the characters that Dave Filoni has created when you look at the likes of Ahsoka and Captain Rex. They're two of my favourite characters. 
Um, and I have no issue with the pair of them having their own TV shows. I do slightly feel that every project Dave Filoni's involved in is made in his own little stand tray with his, with his, the same characters over and over again. And I'd like for him to just move those characters on with their own TV shows. I'd love for there to be a Captain Rex TV show. I really genuinely would do. I would love, and I am so looking forward to an Ahsoka TV show where she can go and stretch her own legs in her own show and she doesn't need to be stuck on somebody else's TV show. But the issue we've got is it's either the Floniverse or an incoherent mess of making mistakes and stuttering and falling over itself and course corrections and editorial no we can't do that anymore and and that has to come from the top has to has to now i don't i don't want to negative votes dave so please give us a final thought on why you enjoy kenobi and why you're excited about it going forward Well, you've started to dampen my enthusiasm, to be totally honest. Sorry about but, that. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. I am still looking forward to it. I am enjoying it. Despite the comments you've made, for the most part, in my head, I can do the mental gymnastics to get away from the potential conflicts that you, you see coming. So, for me, I am still in a happy place. I am still nervous that there'll be a face-off between Obi-Wan and... Um, Darth Vader, which I don't think should happen. I honestly don't think. I think we saw we saw the clip at the very end, and well, more than a clip. We saw the battle at the end of Revenge of the Sith. We then saw the two of them meet again in A New Hope, where Vader's comment is, "When we last met, I was but the student, you was the master, and all of that." So, ten years in between for them to meet, Vader should be in his prime now. Vader will be a 35-ish year old bloke. Um, He's going to be at his peak power. So an Obi-Wan is going to be a man in his 50s, on the decline. He's been out of touch with the Force for a while. There's no way Obi-Wan would stand up to that. And that doesn't sit with the fact that we saw them where they were both at, at peak and Obi-Wan managed to win due to his um, additional training, additional knowledge, additional experience. He was the master and beat the pupil. We then saw it in A New Hope where we saw he was beaten by someone who was more physically imposing than him and he decided to sacrifice himself for Luke. So you can't have another meeting in the middle. If you have another meeting in the middle, that does screw up what the sacrifice and everything that went into A New Hope. So I'm, even though I know it is going to happen, I'm hoping it doesn't. And I'm hoping that there's someone rewriting stuff in the background at the moment to change that as an idea. But anyway, <laughs> other than that, I'm still hopeful. I am enjoying the story. I do like. I like the weight and the gravitas that Obi-Wan has brought back to Obi-Wan. I like how we've seen a proper 
former Jedi fall into despair and lose sight of everything that was good in the universe for the right reasons. And I love the way that um, Ewan McGregor has brought that to the screen. I think he has done a fantastic job in the first two episodes of really, really showing where Obi-Wan went to in his dark days. And I love that. Yep, can't can't disagree on the Ewan McGregor comment at all. I my final thought is is that um after seven years of live action Disney Star Wars, it's the hope that kills you. And I'll leave it at that. With that, we are the Jedi Council. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook somehow, um, even though we're not very active on there. Uh, YouTube, Dave, you recently had a brilliant video on YouTube that everyone should go check out. Um, you can find us at TJC or literally if you just Google the Jedi Council, it comes up in the first three results these days. Um, don't yeah, forget we, to go listen. We, we've done really well on Google. I haven't foggiest how Google loves us, but Google does oh, love okay. us. You put the last Jedi, uh, you, sorry, not last Jedi, you put the Jedi Council in and we are literally after Star Wars itself and after people. I think we're the next entry. Yeah, we're third. Yeah, so yeah. go check us out. Some great articles on there. Um, go listen to our old podcasts. Um, you'll find out why I'm called Mr. Contrary if you're just visiting us for the first time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back very soon with a proper full episode, well, episode one and two rundown. And with that, the Force will be with you. Oh, I was going to say always, Dave. No, I wasn't going to. I'm, okay. I'm being Mr. Contrary. All right, fair enough. The Force will be with you, always.